Welcome home to philosophy, where we wonder about everything and anything is possible. Hi, I'm Dr. Robert Corey, the Laughing Philosopher. Life is complicated. The world is complicated. And you are complicated. Figuring out how to live a happy, meaningful life, guided by wisdom and reason, is not easy. Is life a game? What is love? Should I fear death? Is this a just world? Almost from the moment of birth, you've been told how to behave, how to fit in, and how to fulfill other people's expectations. You fear that you will lack importance or cease to exist in the lives of others if you think for yourself and question the rules and roles you've been told define you. Wisdom and reason will remove this illusion so you can live authentically in the world around you, find your true purpose, and become your real self. Welcome to Episode 85. Is Radiant Happiness a midlife's chaos, truly attainable. Chaos is difficult to define, but it's easy to recognize when you experience it. A tourist at the Grand Canyon jokingly pretended to fall to his death then lost his footing and actually fell to his death. A man left his van to open a gate and his dog stepped on the van's gas pedal and ran him over. The owner of the company that makes segways died after accidentally driving his segway off a cliff. Jack Nicholson, the actor, at age 37, learned that his sister was in fact his mother. Sudden and extreme chaos lead to sudden and extreme feelings of confusion injustice and despair. You feel disconnected from your orderly life and thrown into a world of extreme disorder. Coping with chaos means accepting that life is uncertain. Unpredictability will always be a constant in life. Chaos cannot be avoided or escaped from. You cannot control chaos. You cannot prepare for chaos. You can, however, adapt to it. You just don't know how yet. Humans 
have a profound need to control and to impose order on the chaotic world around us. Even in our own thoughts, feelings, and actions, humans prefer control and conformity without freedom rather than freedom and individuality with the risk of disorder. In order to make life safe, it must be orderly and predictable. Humans need to feel some sense of structure in order to feel life is safe from the uncertainty and unpredictability of chaos. Humans need to impose order on chaos and certainty on uncertainty. Uncertainty is dangerous. Unpredictability is risky. We live in perpetual fear of losing everything to chaos and to the uncertainties of living in an unpredictable world. We live in the most prosperous and powerful nation in human history. The average American lives better than the five greatest emperors of the Roman Empire. The average high school student is smarter than the smartest person in the world was 500 years ago. We have much to lose to chaos. So, we manufacture certainty out of uncertainty. We choose to live a nice, neat, orderly life where nothing changes and where the best way to do something is the way it's always been done in the past. Old habits and old rituals provide a strong sense of personal security, but at a high price. We always follow the way we've always done things. We become too rigid and inflexible to change. We become too set in our ways to evolve and adapt. By becoming slaves of the past, we become incapable of learning and growing by thinking for ourselves and making up our own mind. Then, maybe, we would try a new way and find something better. So, the dead dictate how to live to the living. For example, how would you feel if I told you to write a set of rules that will be used to govern hundreds of millions of people living in a future society 2,000 years 
from now. Absurd, right? Yet, we use the Bible to govern our way of life, even though it was written by people who lived and died thousands of years ago. People who believe that this planet is the center of the universe. People who believed that diseases are caused by demons and evil spirits. The same imaginary spirits and demons that were cast out by Jesus. Even though there is not one sentence in the Bible that could only have been written by an all-knowing, all-powerful being who created the universe from nothing. How we live today is dictated by these dead people. We believe things because we're told them by dead people until it becomes seemingly impossible to imagine some other way. Even money, our most valuable possession, has pictures of dead people on it. Life is lived forward by always looking backward for answers. You are bound to bump into things, things you didn't expect to happen, things you didn't plan or prepare for, things that aren't supposed to happen, unpredictable, unknowable things, chaos. Your best friend is killed by a swan after getting too close to the bird's nest while kayaking across a pond. Your husband dies after being sucked into a jet engine at the airport where he worked. Your wife dies from injuries at an NHL hockey game after a deflected puck strikes her in the left temple. A train transporting toxic chemicals derails and poisons your city's only water supply. At the hospital where he was a physician, your father is decapitated after his head is trapped between elevator doors as the elevator ascended. Your girlfriend dies from injuries caused by anal sex with a horse. These examples are extreme, but true. Real-life chaos that killed real-life people. George Eliot, the female novelist, said, 
What do we live for? if it is not to make life less difficult for each other. So, what should you do when life is in chaos? What frees us from life's chaos? What is the best way to adapt yourself to cope with chaos? A poet said, when your heart is broken, make art with the pieces. No matter how amazing or successful you were yesterday, it's over. Yesterday already happened. Today, you must be prepared to adapt to whatever chaos life throws at you and prove your worth again. And it is always today. Does it really matter whether a glass is half filled or half empty? A rose is a rose is a rose, said Gertrude Stein. Things are what they are, right? Two hikers, a man and a woman, tramped through an unfamiliar forest and got lost. Several hours later, they became very thirsty. They had only one canteen of water and it was their only water supply. The woman believed that the canteen was half filled. But the man believed that it was half empty. So she was drinking freely from the canteen, while the man refrained from drinking. Days later, the woman was rescued, while the man died from thirst. The most important part of you is not between your legs. It's between your ears. You think about things and define them through your beliefs and expectations. You then behave according to this definition as if it's true. It is true, true only for you, the person doing the defining. Truth is in the eye of the beholder. Your individual definition of reality has important consequences for your behavior. What you believe determines what you see and how you act. If you think someone is following you everywhere, then you will behave as if someone is following you everywhere. You will act suspicious of everyone and constantly be ducking and diving to escape observation. If you think there is positivity in every person and every situation, 
then you will act as if there is. You will be hopeful and optimistic and expect the best and see the best in all things. If you think there is negativity, then you will be cynical and pessimistic and expect the worst and see the worst in everything. What is inside your mind is all that matters. The outside stays just as it is. Edith Wharton, the novelist, said, There are two ways of spreading the light. To be the candle or the mirror that reflects it. To adapt to chaos, train your mind to look for positivity in everything. Positivity is a skill. Like any other, it must be learned. And we learn by systematic practice. Jesus had 12 apostles and eggs are sold by the dozen. So, for the next 12 days in a row, at the end of each day, I want you to write down three things you are grateful for that happened today. There's one catch. No repeats. Every day you must find three new things to be grateful for. Twelve days will train your mind to see something positive and good, no matter how small, in every situation and every person. Even in chaos, there is an opportunity to follow its path to something better. Be the mirror that reflects the light. Chaos is overwhelming in mind and feeling. Don't throw down on it. Be smart. Think small. bite-size goals. No one eats a bag of potato chips. You eat a single potato chip again and again. In chaos, choose an important goal. Divide this important goal into many smaller, easily achievable goals. One at a time, pursue each humble goal to successful completion. Achieving a goal, no matter how modest, will give yourself a sense of victory over chaos.
Your only child is a hospital patient, wounded in a school shooting. You can't deliver your daughter from her pain and suffering. Just sit with her and listen. Play music. Give her a bunch of funny get well cards and open a new one every morning. Tell jokes that make her laugh. Add fresh flowers to her room every day. Decorate the walls with pictures of her favorite activities and things to do. Don't deprive her of her true feelings. Even Jesus wept. But change the subject to something happy and positive. Ask questions for her when nurses look in on her. The life-threatening illness of a child of any age is a profoundly chaotic experience. Small, doable goals are small victories. Small victories add up to a big victory. To defeat chaos, divide et impera, a Latin phrase that means divide and conquer. Turn her wounds into your wisdom. Alan Watts, the philosopher, said, change is just another word for life. Nothing is permanent. Everything changes. But sometimes you grow tired. You fall down. You become discouraged. You lose hope. You want to give up. You don't see the small victories, or the victories are so small that they don't seem to make a meaningful difference. You begin to believe that chaos is permanent, suffering is permanent, and things will never get better. Water is dripping on a stone. One drop at a time, drop after drop. Nothing is happening, nothing is changing. Each tiny drop makes no difference to the stone. The stone remains the same. But in 10 years, just look at the stone. It's not the same. It's worn away. Water, the softest thing in the world, has overcome the hardest. Each tiny drop of water wears away the stone just a little. Each of your small victories defeats chaos just a little. In the moment, you can't see the change happening. You can't see the victory. You just have to believe in something you know 
but can't see. In time, small victories will add up to a big victory you can see. In chaos, it's not the strong who survive, it's the durable. Surround yourself with other people who are courageously enduring chaos. You are not alone. Ask for help from others, but don't take advice from anyone you're not willing to forgive when they're wrong. This means ignoring the advice of friends and family. You love them and you trust them above all others. When you have no one to lean on, you lean on them. But there is no perfect life. Everyone makes mistakes. When they're wrong, their bad advice will be unforgivable. Seek relationships with strangers who are coping with chaos. Strangers will make your own suffering and stress easier to endure and face up to. When you grow tired and just want to give up, strangers will be the source and an infinite ocean of motivation to hold on and go all the way. When someone you deeply love is facing the call of the void, take heart from the spirit of a stranger who stepped back from the precipice. It takes two people to create a new one. Sometimes it takes two people in the rain to hold up one umbrella. If you were condemned to live your life again and again, moment by moment, in just the same way and in just the same order, how would you feel about it? If I told you that every second of your life, every joy, every disappointment, every achievement, every failure, every victory, and every tragedy was to recur over and over for eternity, would you feel happy or cursed? This is what Nietzsche means by eternal recurrence, and it will guide you through chaos to a better life. For if your choices are to be relived endlessly, then they had better be the right ones. You had better live now in such a way that you would want to live your life again and again for eternity. What kind of life story do you want to live forever? 
Is this who you want to be? Is this the best you can be? What is your best purpose in life? Are you being true to yourself? Rabbi Zusha was on his deathbed. His friends tried to comfort him by telling him he was as kind as Abraham and as wise as Moses. He replied, When I meet God, I won't be asked why I was not like Abraham or Moses. God will ask me why I wasn't like Zusha. When you stare into chaos, it stares back and it shows you what you are made of. Chaos awakens in ourselves amor fati, a Latin phrase that means love of one's fate. To want this life with all of its pain and suffering, boredom and frustration, tragedy and chaos. Chaos awakens our love for life, just as it is. Not that we could welcome chaos or embrace it as something that we desire, but to affirm life, unafraid to gaze into chaos again and again and know it every time for the first time. There ought to be a medal for this kind of bravery. Thank you for listening. I hope you will take what you've learned and be a better person. Think for yourself. Question everything. Accept nothing that does not agree with your own reason and good sense. And I promise you, despite its sham and drudgery, you will get on pretty well in this crazy world. I'm Dr. Robert Corey. Until we meet again, be good. <laughs>